What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 34-ish. Uh, at some point, I'm going to stop putting numbers on these things because I forget what number it is. Pretty much every other episode now at this point. Uh, today, we had a, a really interesting guest by the name of Jesse Bolt. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, he is a full-time van life liver, also a lifelong martial artist kickboxing instructor and also he has a business that he does where he works with people on their their morning routine and kind of helps them be more productive in their day and their life by getting the first hour of their day dialed in. Uh, He's a really cool guy with some really interesting um, perspectives on life. Like I say, he lives full-time in his van with his dog. He's got a uh, like a full conversion setup. You can check it all out on, on Instagram. Uh, it's just a really cool lifestyle. And I wanted to kind of talk with him about how he does that, why he does that, and and kind of the impacts that it had, that it has on his life and uh, on those around him. So uh, hopefully you guys like the episode. If you do, please leave a review on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Um, it really helps get our podcast kind of higher up in the rankings. Uh, also, one last thing before we get started, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Quiet Monk CBD. If you are considering um, taking some CBD for inflammation or for sleep or for whatever it might be, check them out, quietmonkcbd.com. All right, let's go. All right, we're live. What's up, dude? Sweet. Good to finally meet you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, you know, so normally uh, I always write down a few things. Like, all right, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. Um, I, I, I didn't write anything down for this one because, like, intentionally, though, because I was like, there's so much shit that, that you do that I'm interested in. And, like, I'm just, like, genuinely excited to talk about it. I was like, I don't really think I need any notes for this, like, so much to get into. So, um, I, I guess, awesome. I guess, like uh, to start, um, well, let's just start with telling people who you are and and kind of the how how you kind of sum up what you do, kind of. Yeah. So I'm. My name is Jesse. I'm from uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm a professional martial artist, a kickboxing instructor, and a full-time van lifer. So I've been living in a van with my dog Layla for over two years now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much sums it up. And I had just recently started a online business. So I guess you could say I'm kind of a online coach as well. Nice. Cool. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're going to definitely get into the business cause I want to, uh, talk about that as well. But, um, so what, what kickstarted the whole van life thing? Cause it, it's something that, let's see if I didn't, if I didn't meet my wife, uh, cause you know, that's like you know different situation but if I didn't if I was single I didn't meet my wife like to me that's like dude it's dream life but and but I think a lot of people feel that way and at least I think they do maybe, maybe just you and I are crazy but that that's, <laughs> seems that way it seems like the coolest thing you know but um nobody really will like go for it you know what I mean like oh that that seems cool but they don't have I guess the balls to kind of really get it started so how was that transition like and what 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 was there a a moment where you're like, you know what, I, I got to do it. I'm going. 
Well, you know, it's funny. I think uh, I think a lot of martial artists, you know, we, we tend to be, like, minimalists at heart. Like, we like to just focus on the very select few things. And yes. we're, we're pretty good at executing and getting rid of distractions. So my, my head coach said the same thing as you, Nick, where he was like, you know, if I didn't have uh, – have the wife i might have to uh, live in a van right next to you so i think a lot of people are if they didn't maybe have the you know obviously he's super happy but if, if she wasn't there he'd probably be living right next to me so i think it's a pretty pretty common uh thought process anyway in the martial art in, uh, world hey um, i about it too who's uh, uh, kid. Who, who's got the leaf blower in the background that's us is it i can't hear it <laughs> is it me um uh, let me close, let me close some doors behind me. My, my noise, my headphones are noise canceling. So I was like, "This is you guys. What, what's going on here?" Uh, give me one second. Let me close. Let me close the doors. Yeah, man, it's funny. You said that. I've had, like since I was a kid, I used to think about that. How awesome would it be to live in a RV? Like not even a big one, but like. You're not tied down to anything. You're, the world is your oyster. You go wherever you want. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just cut yeah. this out. <laughs> okay. I'll try to be quiet. I'm going to leave pretty quick here. Yeah, no worries. It's all good. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, def, uh, so, picking up from there. So, yeah, I definitely think probably a lot of, a lot of people feel that way. But um, uh, was it just like an idea that you had and you were just like, yep, I'm just going to go with it? Or was there like a, a, a catalyst that kicked it off? You know, there's there's so many different reasons and things that kind of slowly led up to me making the drastic change that I did. But, you know, when I was creeping on to age 30, I think I was like 28 years old, I started getting this kind of vision or this idea in my head of who I could become. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I was very far from that doing what I was doing. But for some reason, I just had this idea and this belief that I could actually change my life around and turn it around at age 30. And because at 20 years old, I had bought a house with a friend and, you know, I I really jumped into the whole rat race and had some pretty serious debt early on without really knowing who I was or what I wanted to do. So now I had this financial pressure to kind of keep up with the Joneses and make my payments and every every year I was getting further and further away from my goals and you know now talking about that vision that I had it was similar to Arnold Schwarzenegger like he said when he was a young kid you'd always envision him walking down the sidewalk and breaking the concrete you know so the the vision was there first and then he just created the process to get there and the the steps to get there so for me I've heard that uh, phrase before I didn't know it was an Arnold thing the like walking down the street and cracking the side uh, cracking the sidewalk I've heard that before but I was watching Total Recall yesterday it's so soothing to watch that movie from the right seat. <laughs> yeah I, I think he I think he said it on a Tim Ferriss podcast mm. um so yeah, when I, you know, I was 29 years old and I, I owned a house and a new truck and all the credit cards and I had a $400 clock on the wall and all this nice stuff. <laughs> what did you do? And, uh, I sold cars. So I was a salesman and I also poured concrete. So between those two jobs, you know, I, that's, that's what I did for a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, $400 clock. What is that? it's like it was like this massive uh clock just like with like kind of old roman numeral numbers i got it from urban barn 
Just, <laughs> that sounds right. I don't know what yeah. Urban Barn is. I don't think we have that down here, but I I have the equivalent in in my mind. No, it's just like a fancy furniture store that you go and waste money and buy designer shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's about what I had in my head, like a hipster kind of place. <laughs> Sounded like it, yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, like once I kind of had that vision and I I knew to create the process, it was just you know starving my distractions and feeding my focus. So anything that was a distraction or getting in my way I was cutthroat you know I just whether it was people things objects jobs whatever it was I snipped it out of my life how, how did it uh oh sorry finish go ahead finish oh no I was just saying and again just going back to the starving distractions you know I kind of just had no no sympathy really as cold as that might sound I just I knew the more I was doing the things that were taking me away from my my passion or whatever my my dream life um, it was just prolonging the process. So snip, snip, snip. I just didn't hesitate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how did it affect your like personal relationships when you made the transition? Was everybody pretty cool, or or were people kind of like like well, what are you doing? There was there was a little bit of that for sure. Like there was there was a bit of judgment, especially when I when I first did it. I did a lot of mainstream media, and mainstream media you get a lot of the old heads and people that aren't really in the social media world where they're seeing other ways of living. Yeah. So when I did those interviews, then the the hate came in. You know, people are like, "Oh, another." Can we swear on this show, or maybe not? Go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so they, they were just being pretty, pretty nasty. Like, oh, Saskatoon's got another fucking bum on the streets. And, you know, like a lot of a lot of people were just like talking shit. But everything just fueled the fire. Whether it was love or hate, it was just fueling me regardless. So I was in a good headspace. I had made up my mind. So any judgment that I received, I again, I didn't care. I had the vision. I knew where I was going. It didn't matter if other people knew that. Yeah, I guess if you already uh, made a decision to be a fighter, you kind of have already have to have the type of mind that can uh, go all in on things and and block out kind of like the uh, the, the naysayers. Yeah, right. Yeah, you already kind of have yeah, to go through that once. Yeah, and I kind of just view kind of that stoic mentality where you know just to not be disrupted by exterior things, whether it's people or circumstance or environment. You know, I just, I wanted my mind to be tough. So anything that came my way, it was, it was fueled to me, good or bad. But my, my parents and my friends were really supportive. My dad's a real estate agent. So when I called him and was like, I want to sell my house. He's like, be sure. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For one, he was like, sweet, I'm going to make some money. But also he's like, really, you're going to sell your house? Like you're just going to live in this old rusty van. But he, uh, you know, my parents really wanted me to live on my own terms and think for myself. So he just kind of saw it as that. He's like, well, look, if my kid wants to do that, then I, I got to support it. So that they did. So I know you have like a business. That's awesome. I know you have like a business and stuff that you're starting now. But when you first made the, well, I guess you probably had a pocket full of cash from your house. Is that how you kind of got by or, or no, you didn't. You were underwater in your house. Oh, yeah. I, I had just barely sold my house. Like, the market was getting pretty rough. And okay. my dad actually hooked me up big time. So, 
he actually, for me to make anything, like when I started van life, I started van life with $1,500 in my pocket. That's nice. it. So my, my dad had to remove his commissions to, for me to actually sell the house and walk away with a little bit. So my dad hooked me up big time when he sold it and just, he didn't make a penny. And huh. uh, a lot of, a lot of people think I sold the house and had a hundred grand in my account. And I was like, I didn't actually, I think this might be the first time I actually said how much money I had in my account when I started <laughs> van life. Huh. I, I kind of kept it under, under wraps, but yeah, I, it, that, that was the scary part, but it was also the exciting part. Cause I, I knew I had no other option. I was very little money. I, I left my other job. So it was, it was go time. How, how did you, uh, how'd you get by? Uh, I started teaching at a uh, modern martial arts oh, so, okay. and that, that was kind of like one of the big things that made me want to do van life was I was pouring concrete and selling cars, making decent money. But, um, I, uh, sorry, go ahead. Know, I just, go ahead. I knew it. Well, I, I, I started t- uh, training at this gym and I, I remember I took my coach out to coffee and I asked you know, Kurt Southern if I could uh, teach there, if he would kind of take me under his wing. He oh, was nice. pumped no about card. it. He's a cool oh, guy. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah, he's so great. Big, big mentor, big impact in my life. But once he started doing that and I started teaching my 6 a.m. class, it just opened my eyes to another world. And this was when I owned a house still. And once I started doing that, I was like, okay, hey, either I can go back to pouring concrete once the season starts again. Sorry, or I Jesse. Can just... Nick, I think there's a sound behind you. My dog was drinking water. Um, Yeah, it was my dog drinking water. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. (laughs) My dog's chilling. She's right next. She's cool. How old is she? She's eight, eight and a half. I will clip that. I'm gonna cut that out. So repeat your question. There's usually not so much background noise in my house, but some, but pretty much everybody has a day off today. (laughs) Usually, right now, this (laughs) is a this is a quiet time, but everybody's. Everybody's home from work. Um, is that a, is that a is that a golden retriever you got there, Nick? I got two. Yeah, I have two oh, goldens, and I have a, a little ugly uh, rat dog back there. He, <laughs> he's actually my favorite. He's my he's my little boy from I, I don't know how old he is. I, I got him from the pound over ten years ago. Nice. Um, nice. But they just came in from a walk, so they're like pounding water. That's the noise you're hearing in the background. But they should be done in a second here. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it, man. Just so you guys know, I might, uh, Layla might bark and bite the glass soon because I'm in a parking lot right now and there's a lot of people walking by, but so far she's been quiet. Oh, so nice. <laughs> Did you have uh, Layla at your house? Yeah, I've had her for yeah eight and a half years, had her since a pup. Oh, okay. Um, was was her like what was her attitude like when you know and she was like i'm in the van like i bet was she i'm, I'm assuming she was more happy right like she had all kinds of freedom or oh she uh that that was one of the biggest things that like kind of affected me a little bit when people would judge how i was treating my dog and you know when they saw us moving in a van they'd always say oh poor layla poor layla but my thing was always most people with dogs they work eight, 10, 12 hour days where the, the dog's sitting by themselves. And then even when they get home, they're still busy with stuff. So all they do is open the door, let their dog run outside to pee and then let it back in. There's yeah. no real, real interaction where with me, like I, I'm just with her 24 seven, especially now with this online business where I can still earn money, but be in the van, go for walks with her. So her life improved drastically. She actually lost like 25 pounds and uh, wow. yeah, she's, 
she's been doing, doing really good ever since. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'm getting ready for practice. <laughs> Was it loud? No, no. Uh, the video clipped over to you right as you were. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like chugging this huge thing. All right, well, <laughs> get it, get get it in you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Layla looks like a pretty big dog now. How big was she before she lost 25 pounds? Yeah, she's she's about like 105 pounds right now, but she was like Man. yeah 125 to 130. Huge dog. That's a good dog Chunky to have girl. out there. Do you, do you ever do you ever run into like uh uh like sketchy characters and stuff like where play I don't know where like where you're able to park your van and things like that. Do you get any of that? Like where uh, Layla's got to throw it down or anything like that? All the time. Yeah, oh, really? it happens a lot. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I probably in the in the two. So I've been living in a van for two years and like three months or something like that. Mm. And I think probably over twenty times now, I've uh, I've had people come up to the van, and I think nineteen out of the twenty times she's done her job and just bit at the glass and scared the shit out of people but uh the, was it in the middle the, of the night yeah it'd be like uh oh, like 2 a.m 3 a.m yeah like i would i would kind of wake up and layla would just pop her head up and just go to the glass and just freak like she is a guard dog like she's protective is really protective nice um but yeah the the last time actually the guy seemed to be so messed up on drugs like i actually was awake and so I like I nudge Layla and I'm like, hey, do your job so Dad doesn't do anything. <laughs> you know. But uh, the guy, he was just so spaced out. I kind of saw him like lurking up to the van. Like I'm like, oh shit! Like this guy's on something. Probably he, seeing if there's something he could treat- steal or something. Well, this guy it seemed different. It's like he almost knew I was in there because he was like, I could tell he was messed up, and I've never seen him before. And he kept like look, like all my windows are open just because it's hot, so I sleep with the windows open and the fan on. And all he was saying was like, I just want to talk, man. I just, I just want to talk. Oh shoot. Yeah, I'm on the other end of the tinted glass with a baseball bat in my hand. Yeah. And a hundred pound German Shepherd in here, (laughs) and so I'm just like. Nobody's talking at 3 a.m., man. You gotta, you gotta go. I'm not in a talkative mood, dude. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I actually had to like threaten him and get pretty aggressive because Layla just wasn't wasn't doing it, and she was losing her mind. And the guy just he didn't even flinch. So I, I got pretty aggressive, and hmm. and then he he eventually left. But yeah, so far I haven't had to get out of the van and and do any damage or get in any kind of danger so it's fingers crossed it stays that way did, did you did you have any like was it sketchy for you to sleep when you first moved you know what it, it wasn't it's it's become more and more sketchy now that i've dealt with like some shit like, like I've, I've woken up with people in my center console like on my driver's seat like no crash. way what? yeah like <laughs> dude like that's when that affects my sleep so like the next night, I'm always like, I'm just freaked out that I'm gonna wake up with somebody like invading my house again. So your you your know, big but, windows in the front, like the roll down windows, those are open. Is that how they? They're yeah, they're they're open, and so either sometimes people can reach and like unlock from there. Yeah, yeah. And then just and open the door. Um, but yeah, it's just it's one of those things that I'm I'm thankful that I have the training I have, but it's also I don't. I don't want to get in that position just because, like, if they have a knife or weapons or multiple people, 100%. it's the last. It's the last thing I want. But I, I there's like solo females that do this lifestyle, and I'm like, if I'm kind of freaked out, I can only imagine 
that's what sketchy. their mentality is like it's, yeah. it's terrifying yeah that's super <laughs> sketchy I, I was just um talking about this like just yesterday or something somebody was asking me about self-defense and i had this conversation all the time it's like <clears throat> like like i you know I don't know how to say this, but pretty much anybody that's my size or even close to my size and, and we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one fight, like, I'm going to be fine. You know what I mean? But, like, nine times out of ten, if someone's crazy enough to, like, break into your house or break into your van or whatever, like, they didn't come in unarmed. You, you know what I mean? Like, um, like, when people ask me, like, oh, like, I want to learn self-defense. Can you teach a self-defense seminar or whatever? I'm like, I mean, yes, I could teach you a class, but just go buy some mace, go buy... Uh, go get a concealed carry license like that's what you need like there, there's no like yeah. no, there's no secret move that I can teach you in a seminar like either that or spend a lifetime you know? <laughs> yeah exactly there's no like uh, if five finger uh, death punch or whatever the the kill bill thing is you know um, you yeah. kind of there's no there's no fair fights like when it comes to things like that no, and you said it, it, it takes a lifetime, like any martial artist will know that, like sure, we're okay, but we've been doing this for years and years and years, and not just the seminar once every six months, it's right. like day in and day out, we're in that confrontational setting where we're like physical contact, people are smothering us, we're smothering them, like our reaction time is there, Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a... So yeah, whenever people say like, "Hey, can you teach me a, a self-defense thing?" I'm just like, "Yeah, just use your mouth and de-escalate the situation, or run." <laughs> or run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you invest in some good track shoes. That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your Lululemons on and go. <laughs> um, so is uh, is fighting still the goal for you, or or now you kind of transition more into teaching and, and business and things like that? I still got a couple fights left in me. You know, I, I wanted to fight twice this year, but with the uh, the pandemic kind of slowed slowed everything down. Especially like our lo our local shows around here that I was fighting on. Yeah. Um, but I still have high hopes to have have a couple more fights. But my sh my focus right now is definitely on getting this business off the ground and and teaching and just kind of taking care of my students. But yeah. Um, as soon as a few more shows open up, then I'll be I'll be kind of itching for for a fight. So what's Canada like? Lock, uh, what's Canada like right now as far as the lockdowns go? Uh, each province is a little bit different, just like in America. I'm sure each state has oh, their own. As far like where where you are. Like yeah, like I'm in, I'm in Saskatchewan right now, which to be honest, nobody travels here because it's just like I don't know. There's there's not a whole lot here. It's like Russia. Like we have like okay. extreme cold temperatures, yeah. and our our summers are very short. They're hot, but they're short and very windy. Um, and we don't really have like any tourist attractions, so we don't have a whole lot of people coming in here to spread it. So our numbers have been like extremely low. Okay. Um, hey, is that where yeah. they filmed that show alone, Saskatchewan? Did... Uh, no, they did I'm it in Alaska. Sure, but... That was in Alaska. Oh yeah. No, they've done British Columbia. I mean, not British. Yeah, uh, Vancouver, and then they've done somewhere like Arctic Canada. Is it Arctic climate there or what? Oh yeah, like it gets, uh, it gets like minus forty, minus fifty with the wind chill. Oh my gosh! What do you do? Uh, how do you stay warm? How do you sleep? Oh man, like what, if it's minus, <laughs> if it's minus thirty, uh, me and Layla will be in the van. But any colder than that, I usually just like rent a temporary room to to oh. survive the minus forty and stuff. But I I have like little heaters and I have about seven 
heavy blankets that I lay on me and it's like 50 pounds of blankets. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you just it's can't move. Like, it's, stuck it, to the bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's challenging, but I, I kind of like the, the challenge, but yeah, once it's colder than minus 30, my heaters won't last. The, the cold just finds its way in. Mm. That's, um, that's something I was just talking about. We were, when we were hiking, uh, we, we did some hiking to this place where we were fishing and, uh, he was kind of like talking about how it was like it was really shitty it was like a shitty hike it was tough to do um but we're talking about how like there's there's like there's two kinds of fun like there's fun like fun in the moment and then there's fun where it's like you're suffering and so uncomfortable and kind of hating it and it's then fun you, when it's over and it's when it's over that, that to me that's like kind of more fun i, I mean i don't want, i don't want to say fun but but still fun you know what i'm saying do you feel the same way i know what you're saying yeah yeah, it's still so exactly miserable. You're, you're so miserable in the moment, but then afterwards, because of that misery, you feel good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I think I heard recently they were talking about the uh, the NBA team, the Spurs, and they they talked about like they've been one of the the top teams for years and years. But the guy wanted to figure out what their secret was, and he went in to watch a lot of their practices, and he realized that their practices were not fun. Like they were like very brutal very honest but they said the camaraderie and the lessons learned from having that like tight-knit like really difficult oh, uh, yeah. training is what kind of like made it fun like like he said like it's almost afterwards it's fun like after you win the title you're like you know what all that bullshit was worth it this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. company yeah yeah especially so with, like, with uh, comes to like bonding man like there's like you can make you can make friends by having fun together or like do you know going to a, to a bar but the type of friendship you have when you when you suffer through something together that's our not friendship but bond like you know that you have that's a different different thing for sure. That's a different level for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's like uh, you guys follow Wim Hof at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, I don't follow him, but I uh, I know his stuff though. So he uh, he's done something. Speaking on this, so he did something really cool where he basically invited like a bunch of these you know highly successful people from all areas, whether it was like athletics, business, you know, sports, whatever. He invited them out to Holland or wherever he is to to you know, strengthen the bond and to challenge themselves. And I listened to this podcast afterwards of like a lot of these guys that were uh, part of it. And they said like the friendship and the bond that they went through because they're doing like cold plunge, like every morning, it's like you just jump in the freezing cold lake and then you climb a mountain in your underwear and you do this <laughs> breath work, like cha challenging shit. But yet at the end of it, they're like, there's so much more, uh, tight with each other than if they just went to the bar got shit faced and had fun That's, yeah. that can be fun yeah. but it's different this is like last forever those memories won't go away yeah for sure yeah that's how we've evolved because think about it if you make it through hardship together that means that the combination of you two is successful in some way so it makes sense for you to be bonded and to tr have that you get a trust a different type of trust in each other when you make it through something difficult like that mm -hmm. mm. it's kind of like the like when someone uh when someone corners you through a fight i feel like that's super yeah you know that's another one you're like close with that guy like even though they weren't necessarily suffering like you were you were kind of suffering through the nerves and the fear and you kind of feel like they were there with you um yeah you have the heightened emotions yeah because of it yeah and then 
yeah, exactly. That, that's you've been through the tr- trenches together. Yeah, um, yeah not even just the coaches, but even like the the fighters that are getting in in there with you. Like I got. Like, a lot of my training partners, they have no interest in fighting. But yet, when I have a fight coming up, they're in there taking headshots and, like, getting their liver blasted. But they're just – they're there because the pack is succeeding with what we're doing. So they're part of the pack. So we just kind of help each other out so that whether it's me or somebody else fighting, you know, we're all there for each other, even if it means taking a couple shots and getting a couple nosebleeds. Mm-hmm. See, I think that, though, I think that depends on the – like, on your gym culture, though, because – Sometimes, spar- like going through a training camp and sparring with people is is bonding, and other times it's like you have this like kind of awkward, like tension friendship where it's like competitive, and you know what I mean. That um, <clears throat> like uh, a root and I, when I was in Denver, like we we were each other's like I would say number one training partner, right? Like I'm, I trained with him more than yeah, I trained sure. with anyone else. Um, and we're we're super competitive with each other, but uh, uh, there's no like uh, I don't know. Malice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just like ah, I got you kind of thing. You know, we'll laugh about it afterwards. But then there's other people who are it's like, uh, like you know, you, you walk away like you didn't get me. Fuck that. You didn't get me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so true, but yeah. I think it's a good balance. Like you, like as fighters, you almost need it. You need a little bit of an ego. You almost need to be like, I fucking, I think I got that guy today. But while also being humble, so there's that fine line. I find I always have to play. Yep, yep, um, yeah, you do for sure. Have you done any of the um, like the Wim Hof stuff to to get you through the cold, or how much do you get into his stuff? Yeah, I, I do. You know, it's funny. I, I do it pretty. Hold our vehicle just pulled up next. We, Layla might bark. Bear with us. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've been doing it for about two years now. Um, off and on at the beginning, but lately I've I've done one set, at least one set every single morning. Nice. Um, the breathing exercises. Yeah, just the breathing exercises, and you know, holding the breath and just tracking the time. Every now and then, I'll try and do five or six sets back to back. Um, I know before my fights, I've done quite a bit of Wim Hof breathing. Um, but yeah, it's lately it's just been one set every morning. It's more of just like a helps me stay calm, start the day like that. Um, but I don't do anything crazy like six or seven sets. It's actually like I don't know if you guys have done it, but it's it's quite demanding. It's quite demanding yeah. actually. I find. I would get. I used to do it too. And I would get tired. <laughs> like after, <laughs> doing it after a while, I think the longest. I don't know, what's the longest you held your breath? When you after uh, you exhale, yeah, two two minutes and thirty five seconds. That's pretty impressive. I think That's the, crazy. Yeah, I got up to like minute forty five, and I thought I was gonna pass out. <laughs> I remember <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. I was oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's mind blowing, like to be able to hold your breath on a full exhale like that. And you see some of these surfers and some of the people that are practicing it. They're they're getting up to like seven, eight minutes. Seven, eight minutes? Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't understand that. But it, so, it so you got to be careful to, with that. You're going to have a stroke at some point. <laughs> it takes you to a meditative place. Like, you get a high from it, almost. Like, you get a high without taking anything. Because it, yeah. especially when you're holding the breath, like, it, there's something that happens in your brain. I'm very skeptical. Yeah. I'm, I'm very skeptical of... Because you've never done it. I would, remember I would do it, you would never do it with me. 
Yeah. At muscle farm. I I remember Matt Brown saying he like went through his whole thing. He was like it was the same thing every day. Like I like I paid like a monthly thing and it never changed. And I was like, did it? Did you, yeah, but- did you feel any different? He's like, no, not really. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just like raging at all times. He doesn't. <laughs> um, but the, I mean, there's no denying that he, uh, the like the, the cold stuff. I mean, the proof's in the pudding on that. I, I'm 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 skeptical on the breathing stuff, but I but that's true. I haven't used it. The only the, I haven't the only thing I've used it for is if I feel a little flat or like not nervous enough for the fight, I'll do that. Um. I forget what he called it, but the breathing technique that's supposed to kind of bring you up, you know, like the uh, yeah. like the hypoventilating breathing or hypo- hypoventilation breathing. I don't, I don't want to do like it in the noise because I'll blow my mic out. But you know, just like like short like hard breaths, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like kind of pump you up, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to get into that? Okay, so yeah, so you were saying, but you mentioned like you started you start your day off, so that's kind of a good smooth segue into, into what you're doing with your business. So um, uh, let, let's talk about how that applied in your personal life and what you got out of it, and then we, let's talk about the business side. Yeah, so, you know, when I, about five years ago, I, I picked up just the simple morning routine of reading every morning and kind of staying off my phone um, just until I was done reading. So it, it started out like any you know, like anything, you start out really basic and you just slowly kind of evolve and add things and remove things that you don't like. But I, I started reading because I felt like a dumbass my whole life. I always identified as a dumb athlete, to be honest. Like I, good old education system did that for me. So I, I failed tests. I wasn't good in school. So I just assumed like, oh, I must just be a dumbass. That's, that's <laughs> um, so that was kind of like, I remember I traveled to Australia and I started writing in my journal when I did that. And I was, I was literally writing that. I was like, I'm, I'm dumb. I don't like it. How can I change it? Reading, podcasting, like all these basic things. So when I got back, I just made the habit of reading every single morning. And in time I started reading about all these, you know, the Titans of the world, these highly successful people in all areas, again, whether that's sports, business, relationship, whatever, and just this reoccurring theme kept happening where I was like, they all have these savage morning routines. They're all taking care of themselves in the morning. So no matter how hectic and chaotic the day gets, they've already t- taken a full hour to recharge the battery and, you know, give themselves the inspirational and informative information right in the morning, whether that's meditating, exercising, reading, or all of the above. Hmm. Start your day off right. Yeah, exactly. Like how you start your day dramatically influences how it unfolds. And I, I just was a big believer in that because I was feeling it. I, I, I felt a little smarter each time. Like I was like, oh shit, you can read. You know? <laughs> Check that <laughs> you one know? off so, the list. <laughs> yeah. And, and another nice thing with like, uh, like starting your day right like that is like you're almost just giving yourself a hurdle to step over. Like life is going to have so many hurdles for you to, to jump over. And if you put one on your own terms in front of you every single morning and you step over it, you've already kind of have momentum and confidence on your side. So that was another thing as I, I did struggle with confidence and, um, you know, all, I just had a lot of insecurities and stuff. So just my 
power was coming from this morning where I would just, I would get up early and I would do these things that I knew were challenging, but it was like, this wasn't life punching me in the face. This was me like giving myself a hurdle, step over it, start your day with momentum. And over time it just started snowballing and, and it was really impacting my life. And, you know, go ahead. I can hundred percent relate. I remember when I was studying medicine, like it was so hectic and I was like, fuck, it's all downhill from here, but let me at least get myself up the hill so I could just coast down. You know, if I started mm. off good, like that snowball just rolls down. Yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, but let me at least start it <laughs> off good. Yeah, it's it, there's there's a lot of power in that. It's simple, but it's powerful. Like, well, it's simple, but, you know, everybody knows to wake up early and stay off their phone and meditate, do breath work and exercise, but how many people actually do it? So I say yeah. it's simple, but it's also a motherfucker. So, yeah, staying yeah. off your phone is such a, a, a big one. Like, um, for, for me, like, kind of... Uh, mitigating like my like anxiety and kind of OCD um is um it's like an ongoing thing like it's never it's 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 always like what I've always been told is like it's not something you fix but it's just something that you learn to uh kind of mitigate and down you know, keep it yeah manage that's what I'm looking for um and staying off my phone for the first at least just do something else before I get on my phone because if I get on my phone first thing even if I'm looking at something that is cool or that I like or like that like gives me you know that would be like a entertaining or pleasing thing my anxiety level for like the rest of like the morning or even the day if I don't if I don't bring it back down is like three or four times higher and I don't know why that is I don't know if it's just because it you know it it, it just you know, you're getting too much input in your senses, like like right off the bat. Or... Yeah, it's input overload. I feel like yeah, that's, that's what's causing that. that I, I could definitely relate to that too. I don't know, like, I don't know about you guys, but why, like, I'll... why did I do this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's hard too. Like, I'll get up. I'm like, listen, I know, just like, because a lot of times I'll I open my eyes, roll over, grab my phone, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I know, like, like I'll grab it and I'll look at it. And I'm like, don't do it, like. Don't open your phone. Like, you're going to feel better if you don't do it. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> it's like I'm a, it's like a drug addict, man. Yeah, and, that, and that's what they're designed for. It's like that short attention span. Like, it, like he said, you know, information overload. But I, I remember hearing this really cool thing where this guy was basically, he is like this 10 month program where he helps people, you know, just elevate their life. It's a long program, but he does one habit a month, super slow, just gradually kind of building people up. One of the things that he did for the one, uh, one of the months was to stay off social media for one hour before you wake up or after you wake up and then one hour before you go to bed. And he talked about how he basically gets people to stop watching the news, no paper, no articles, He's like, unless you're invested in global issues, then you can like kind of watch those particular shows. But he said, like, we can't control the world, but we can control our world. And yeah. if you control your world, you can impact the world. So, yep. so many people want to look so far out and try to like save the world and the whales and the poor people and solve all these big issues while nobody really takes any serious action towards that. But you can no, take it's action like mental masturbation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like if if I'm not gonna do anything about it, why even bother knowing about it? Like I know, like yeah, all these tragedies in the world, you know, like yeah, it sucks. But I know myself. I'm, I got too much on my own plate. I'm not gonna do shit about that. Why bother? 
The uh, one of the favorite, one of my favorite quotes that I've read. Um, I, I, it was I don't even know who said it, um, but it was uh, if you wanna you wanna change the world, then start by going home and loving your family. You know, or like just like if you, I mean, that's the biggest. I mean, you may not see like a global impact, but like that's where it starts. You know what I mean? And, and then like you you focus on your your sphere of like immediate control and and impact that, and then. If you can affect those people, then it snowballs out from there. Unless you like, you know, you're um, a Kennedy or something like, like you know, then you're not really gonna. Yeah, but he's in a real position of power. Are, are you? You know what I'm saying? That's like, what I mean. We're, yeah, it's yeah. not our job. If it's our job, that's different. But it's not. Yeah, yeah. So it's just um, no waste. So uh, um, you, I feel like we cut you off. Did you have more to say on that? No, I just was going to go off of what you said. I, sometimes I, you know, this is kind of weird, but I'm weird in general, so who cares? Yeah, I, uh, I, sometimes will, I, som- <laughs> I sometimes will, like, picture, like, what you said with, like, you know, to change the world, like, start by going home and loving your family. I, I picture, like, if aliens were, like, looking down at the globe and they could, they could see, they could see, like, energy or, like, see things glowing. So the happier the people, the more glow that they would have. Uh-huh. And if they're looking at the world and with each person would go home and love their family and treat people better, there would be so much more glowing spots everywhere as opposed to everybody glued to the TV and looking at these world problems and not doing a damn thing. And instead of going home to love your family, you're coming home with anxiety and stress because you just watched, you know fucking the news for five minutes and saw like nothing but horrendous shit right so yeah sometimes i picture from like that outside perspective of like aliens looking at us through <laughs> energy things so, like <laughs> take care of your circle and there's going to be more you know glowing bubbles <laughs> how much can you how much can you light up your own like glowing bubble and then subsequently exactly. subsequently other bubbles light up um yeah that's a cool way to look at it for sure um what wait, is wait 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 wait, wait. What? I want to talk about this. Speaking of aliens, have you seen what Pentagon has released? Uh, the statement? Why is nobody talking about this? I'm like obsessed Be- about Because we're, spo- we're focusing on our sphere of control, man. We can't, fo- we can't control the aliens. It's, <laughs> no, no, it's, but- it's going to darken my bubble, my, my energy bubble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I guess God. I'll practice what I preach. <laughs> 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 Um, They're out there, though. I, 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 did, I did read about it, though. Uh, I, you know, honestly, <clears throat> I, I feel like you're, you're tipping my scale a little bit, um, Jesse, because I've definitely always been about, like, um, not staying off as much as I can about social media. I'm super, like, aware of, like, my addiction to it. Um, and I do a bad job, but at least I, 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 fight, the, I fight the good fight every day. Um, but <laughs> it's not much, but it's honest work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, my thing with with like news and stuff is like, all right, well, if I want to have like an impact on the world, I kind of needed to know what's going on in the world. Um, and, and and but I don't know, you know, maybe I don't. Maybe I I feel like you're tipping my scales because I've been thinking about it back and forth. Like maybe I I'm not going to do anything about those anyways. What like. I'm not able to. Why don't I just think about like, all right, what are the problems in my immediate surrounding, and how can I work on that? And I and I feel like uh, I may delete a couple of my news podcasts off my off my line. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever block it out completely because just because when it comes up, 
the older I get, the more I feel like I have to at least have an imp- like when it comes up in conversation. Like I don't want to be like, uh, you know, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I want to at least know a little bit of something. But um, but I, I feel like I, I I invest way too much time into. It. I probably spend like maybe two hours out of the day listening to the news, which is oh, what. Well, while I'm That's driving, while I'm driving, because I have, yeah. I, I, you know, I have uh, probably a hundred minute commute each way. So, yeah. Well, and something to think about is like with, with your skill set, like, I don't know what else your background is, but I know you're a fighter, which is like a extremely difficult endeavor that comes with a lot of lessons and things that you can overcome and experience. So for me, it was like almost sharing, like for me to impact the world was to stick to what I know and what I'm best at. So if I have lessons that I've learned from getting my ass kicked in front of everybody I know or the grind of a fight camp or cutting weight or the joys of glory and winning to try to share that with people in a fun and exciting way and I felt like that was kind of my my best way to impact the world but for you it depends what your goals are like you're a podcast host so like you said to be informed is going to help fuel what you're doing so it, it depends I think what your purpose is if you you can play both worlds like like you said if you're getting news for an hour or two a day but it's helping your podcast which is helping you connect with other people which is helping you spread a different message that could be a, a positive I think it's just being careful right in the morning and then the moments before you go to bed that you can kind of unwind and kind of get the the information overload out of your head yeah um yeah, we don't we don't talk about any of that stuff on on this podcast. I mean, it comes up occasionally, but you know, we just talk about MMA stuff. Um, that's another thing too is I, f- I feel like um, there, there's so many people that just you know listen to this or that, and then they just kind of regurgitate the opinions that they feel. And like people should just like listen, stick to talking about what you actually know something about. You know what I mean? Yeah, stay um, in your lane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, what is uh, we're getting a little over forty five minutes now, so I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about like what you're doing with your business and how you're running it. So, give us a rundown on that. Sure. So the you know it, it in all honesty, it's been in the back of my head for a while where I, I wanted to do something that I was proud of and passionate about, but from my phone. Like I've always wanted to make money from my phone, but I'm I'm one of those people that I I cannot do something if I'm not passionate about it. Yep. And uh, the pandemic hit and I lost my job with one text. My, you know, coach Kurt messaged me and he's like, hey, man, like, really sorry. But like this, this thing's, this is real. Like, we got to shut the gym down. No privates, no classes. And I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty scary. Like to feel that vulnerable where I'm like, oh, man, like, and sure, everybody was vulnerable. So many people had had lost their jobs. I'm not like, poor me, but it was just a big eye opener where I'm like, fuck, like one source of income is terrifying. And all of a sudden this person that I, I followed for years on Instagram messaged me and was like, Hey, we should do a zoom call soon. Like we should chat and we do a zoom call. And she like kind of just pitched me with this, this idea of how to create a program. Um, but she was doing it with martial arts. She was kind of like an online coach for jujitsu for specifically white, white belt females. Hmm. She would, she would kind of help them watch matches, but through a purple belt, lens so she would just kind of like help give them a different perspective on the game at an earlier stage like something that she wished she had so she wanted me to do something similar with muay thai or kickboxing or mma but i know myself enough that i'll burn out 
and one thing that I told myself a long time ago that I wanted to live like Joe Rogan, but my version. Nice. So I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to have like four income streams, but all four of them I had to be passionate about. And I didn't want to do them for eight or 10 hours a day. I just wanted to really like be like full throttle in all of them. And so when she gave me the pitch, I was like, look, I don't want to do martial arts, but I was like, I'm just as passionate about my morning routine um, and helping people like reading books, educating. So I was like, I want to do that. So that was kind of what sparked it. So when the pandemic hit, I paid for an online coach and I just, I just started it and it's, it's been awesome. I am super happy that I did it. What do you mean paid for an online coach? That was like a platform that you. No, like I just, I paid, I paid a thousand bucks for her help to work with me for, for three months. To, oh, so you to had just to start that. Give me, yeah, exactly. Just little tips and tricks. Just cause like I, you know, sure I post stuff on Instagram and like, you know, I hashtag, but I don't really understand like the insights on Instagram. I didn't understand how to create programs. Um, I didn't know pricing points. There was just a lot of stuff that I didn't know. So it was, it was a little bit scary. You know, you lose your job and all of a sudden you're spending money, but I, I just knew that it was going to benefit me down the road. So I, I did it and now go ahead. So is that where you get most of your uh, clients from? Does it come from like marketing on Instagram or how do you, how do you advertise your business? Yeah. So right now it's been all Instagram. Like I, I, um, I made the one, one pretty big call to action on Instagram. And so far that's been the, the biggest one that, that drew in the most people. Um, hmm. but yeah, I mean, right away is I, I was, you know, tripling my income and doing something that I was happy about. I was super proud and, and Man, passionate kidding. about it. Yeah. So it was like within, within the one month I was seeing big returns and the beautiful thing with the internet and starting this program was that I didn't have to buy merch. I didn't have to, like I ran a food truck once. I had to buy the food truck. I had to buy a truck to pull it. I had to buy the food. The food goes bad. I waste the food. So it's like all this overhead where now it's like my phone and my headphones and I got a bunch of notepads that I take yeah. notes. Well, you, so you was, paid the overhead with your time and your like lifetime of uh, experience and study. You know, that, that's, that's, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. That's so cool, man. Like, like that's, um, like I said, maybe maybe uh, you and I are crazy, but maybe that, and maybe we are and that's good, but like, it, to me, that just seems like that's what, that's the idea, like for everybody, right? Just like, just do, you get to do what you want to do. And also it's like people... People are like, well, that's that's not like the the route that you go. That's you know what I mean. Like, it's not what everyone does. You know, kind of stick to like kind of the safe thing. But it's like, dude, just put the time in, and you have you have. I mean, you kind of have a degree, like in a lot of ways. I don't know if you have a actual degree, do you? Or no. Yeah. yeah Remember, I'm the, I'm the I'm the dumb kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, no you're definitely not, me. man. You're definitely not. And, and, right. you know, I was going to ask you: Do do you feel like um, I can tell by talking to you that you're not? Like, do you feel like when you started reading and, and investing time, you found out you found out that you were wrong, or do you or like you're like actually maybe I'm not as dumb as they told me I was, or do you feel like you <laughs> developed it from practice through reading and stuff like that? It it changed my life completely. Like it, it was it was just the for one, the age that I was trying to learn, but also the curriculum, like the stuff that I was learning that I just wasn't into. So as I started reading and I got to like choose what types of books I was reading, mm-hmm. I would just dive into these. Like I, I read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. I cried three times in the last chapter. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Shoe Dog dies. 
It's the uh, the Nike story, the creator of Nike. It's like a business book, and here I am, like uh-huh. <laughs> like crying at the last chapter. <laughs> so it's like I'll, I'll I'll read these books, and like I I get really into it because I know that it's like I'm not just trying to read to stack books and have numbers. I'm trying to read to apply. So I'm like reading these books, and I I can like I'm trying to put my life in the shoes of no pun intended, but in the people that I'm reading about. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, uh, it was a big lesson for me to start learning and just understand that I'm like, you know what? You're not dumb. You're just dumb at that particular learning. Well, you just didn't yeah. care about what they were teaching. Yeah. What is that Albert Einstein yeah. quote? It's like, if you measure a fish's intelligence by its ability to climb a tree or something, something like that, you're always going to think it's an idiot. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Fish, that's not it at all. Fish are idiots. Well, yeah, that's a bad example because <laughs> I thought that when I read that too. I was like, well, fish are dumb. So. <laughs> but you get the concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is your uh, uh, like last uh, thing or two? Because I know it's got a – actually, it's it's noon right now. You got a hard out, Aru? Yeah, I do. Okay, we can, we can wrap it up. Um, all right, man. So how can people um, – uh, well, first, how can they follow you? And then how can they find out about your business if they want to get into some of that? It's uh, pretty much Instagram is my, my go-to thing. So nomadic underscore ninja underscore YXE is where you can find pretty much uh, everything, including my podcast, the morning program, and just my, my Instagram feed. Cool. Oh, you're doing a podcast as well? Yeah, I, I did one for a while. I haven't updated it in a little while because, like, like I said with you, I, I didn't want to do your podcast a little while ago. I just... To get this business off the ground, I just I needed all my mental energy, so I yeah. just was like wanted to zone out for a little while. But I'll be I'll be jumping back on my podcast soon. Yeah, yeah, we've taken breaks from our podcast for the same reason. It's like all right, we're spreading ourselves too thin. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay, cool. So, uh, Root, give the plugs. Right. Oh yeah, uh, find me on Instagram. I'm on four times. Nine 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 nine. All right, guys. If you want to uh, follow me at Nick Angeloni one five five, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, it's on my still on my personal YouTube channel. We're probably going to switch it over to its own thing pretty soon. Um, but you can also find us on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, thanks, Jesse. Really appreciate it, man. This, this was a, a cool one. I'm I'm hoping to t- hopefully yeah. we can talk to you again sometime. We can dive a little. Yeah, definitely do it again. Once I get my podcast up, I'll be messaging you guys. That'd be great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We could do like a uh, one thing we've been doing with some other like podcasters is like some co-casts. Like we we make one episode, we put it on each other's things, and then we like kind of like cross pollinate, you know. So we could do something like that down the road. Let us know. Awesome. All right, dude. Enjoy your day. Good talking. Good talking. You too. Thanks for the thanks for the opportunity, guys. Appreciate it. All right, man. Later. Later. All right. Take care.